You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from the place where America won its freedom in the heart of Hampton Roads, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly. Robbie Vogler is here with me. Richie Somerville back in the studio, keeping everything running. And and when I say out with me, Rich Hartway Arena, home of the ODU Monarchs, men's and women's basketball team, as well as so many other events. And that is a big one, right? There is a big event coming up here today, that, of course, being James Madison men's basketball at ODU, part of the Town Bank Royal Rivalry Challenge, and it will be a uh, it'll be a fun one. The intensity will rise, and and the rivalry will come out and 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 really live out on on the court here tonight. So we'll be talking about that off and on throughout the show, leading up to the broadcast at uh, right about six thirty, uh, and there'll be a half hour of the seven five seven at six there as well. In the meantime. It's a Thursday. It is still football season. There is an offseason staring us in the face. Uh, we have one game until we reach the offseason. So we'll open up the call and text lines, that being the, the Dream Lawns text line, 757-687-9494. If you've ever wondered how important player-friendly contracts are and the leverage that player-friendly contracts give players, uh, Cowboys fans, you just learned. Look at Dak Prescott right now. Right like this moment, Dak Prescott is the embodiment of business leverage. And he, here's what I mean. Uh, Dak Prescott did not play well this year. We, we talked about opening up the call and text lines. Um, we took a lot of calls and texts <laughs> on Dak Prescott not being up to, to expectations this year. Uh, there, there were numerous interceptions including two in the playoffs uh in their playoff loss that that sent them home and and they weren't pretty ones uh so there was some talk about moving on and this is from like i'm saying the listeners the texters there was some talk about bringing in competition there was some talk about what's the cap hit it didn't even take two weeks for the team to pledge their allegiance to him and they even offered up to open an extension conversation to tie him to the team for longer. And if you don't believe me, we can play the audio for you. Jerry Jones never found a microphone he didn't want to talk into. Uh, here's him, uh, meaning the owner, Jerry Jones, on his belief in Dak. I'm still very strong. Not still. I'm very strong on Dak. This whole thing reflects the upside that I feel in Dak. The fact that we're doing this, Mike's calling the plays, this has everything to do with the positiveness around Dak. It's building around Dak. Oh, steadfast, right? That, that is a belief in, in Dak that I'm not sure anybody else in Dallas or anyone else that wears the star on replica jerseys had, right? That, that, is, that is a belief in Dak. Even I would, I'm saying don't give up on him. I don't know if I'm, I'm publicly going with, with that much confidence. And then Jerry Jones is, is the guy now in Dallas. Obviously, one day it'll be Stephen Jones. He's being uh, you know, prepared to take over the family business. 
Stephen Jones also talked about, uh, is it time to start talking to Dak about a new contract? I think you can look at it, absolutely. You know, do we do it or not? I mean, it takes two parties to talk. The bigger thing for us is Dak's going to be our guy for the next, hopefully, 10 years. You would have had that conversation a week ago. If you would have talked about extending Dak Prescott a week ago, if you would have talked about the next 10 years a week ago, you would have had quite a few very angry and confused Yankee, uh, Yankee fans. Well, they probably are Yankee fans. They're <laughs> Cowboy fans. They're Yankee fans. Duke basketball. Uh, you would have had quite a few angry Cowboys fans. But here's the thing. Athletics, sports, professional sports don't live in a vacuum of just what happens on the field. There's also what happens in the boardroom. There's also what happens in the conference room. There's also what happens on phone calls between GMs and agents and and owners and GMs. That's also professional football. The Joneses, who, who everyone's trying to keep up with, the Joneses are not so publicly supportive of Dak because they believe in him. They are not talking about the next 10 years with Dak Prescott because they're telling us he actually played great and all of the outsiders just misunderstood, right? They're not saying that. They're, they're not calling us dumb and saying, we don't know what we're talking about. He didn't play bad. They're doing it because they can't cut him this year without giving $89 million against the cap. And they're talking extension because if they keep him, which they have to do because they don't want to swallow that $89 million cap hit, he counts 49 plus, so we'll call it 50, $50 million against the cap next year. Aaron Rodgers will count 46 over the next two years against the cap. Dak Prescott next year, $50 million cap hit. His agent's take a victory lap his agents take a bow because they set up a deal that is so player friendly that he can play bad and have leverage that he can be the reason they lose playoff games or a playoff game and he has such a player friendly deal such which is also another term for team unfriendly right such an anti-team deal that they're considering extending him just to make their situation a little less handcuffed. An extension would give him more job security for a longer period of time and free up some cap space this year for them to improve the roster around him. Now, every time you think a quarterback is taking a risk, every time you think a quarterback should sign the the long-term deal for stability, I want you to think about Dak Prescott's last few years. Right? Bets on himself, doesn't take the extension. Bets on himself, doesn't take the extension. Blows out his ankle in a way that is still gross if you think about it. Like if you, if you close your eyes and try to imagine what his ankle looked like when he was sitting on the ground on an NFL football field, then signed a massive deal. And then he played poorly for a year. And now they're talking about extending him. How much of a risk is it for these guys to, to once you establish yourself as one of the 20 or so NFL starting quarterbacks, right? It seemed, uh, we'll talk about this a few times today. It seems like in the NFL there's 20 teams 
that have a quarterback that is starting caliber, and there's 12 that are out there looking for one. If you hit the lottery jackpot, you have uh, two. <laughs> and you're just that, – that's a pain because you have to decide which one you're going to pay, which one you're going to play. But, but once you establish yourself as one of those 20 guys, you're pretty much good. It is the, the safest form of job security in sports. The second half of this year, he turned the ball over at a rate we hadn't seen from him. Less than a week, or sorry, less than two weeks after their season ends in a two-interception game, the owner and the owner's son, who will one day be the owner, are pledging their allegiance to Dak Prescott. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, Cowboys fans. Again, I'm not saying give up on Dak, but I am saying, well, maybe 10 years is a little, little too long to commit to the guy, especially without him taking some kind of team-friendly deal. It's unbelievable. How do you feel now, Cowboys fans? 757-687-9494. Do you think we're, we're in for 10 years of Dak? And if so, are you signing up for the ride? 757 687 757-687-9494. Uh, that's both the call and the Dream Lawns text line. A- a- and I'll say it once again. Just goes to show how much locking up Patrick Mahomes to a 12-year deal, which was a he had two years left on his rookie contract and then a 10-year extension. It's the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, and I would bet every single year for the next 10 if you'd let me. Do you think any of this is smoke and mirrors? Do you think any of this is like, all right, let's build him up so we can use him as an asset later on, potentially to trade him away if someone else needs a quarterback? The, the, the problem is the money. The problem is the money. Uh, if you look at his cap hits, nobody's signing up for that. Like maybe after Dak's best year, if you go back to, to the, like two or three years, depending on the, the part in his career, where, where his potential seemed to be enormous, yeah, then you could have traded him then. But guess what? You're not trading him after his best years. It's, it, it's He and the Cowboys are on a, a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. He signs a big deal so they can't move on from him after a bad year, and because they can't move on from him after a bad year, they have to spread out the cap hit so they extend him to a longer-term deal. And, and, and it just goes on and on and on. It's as close to a, a long-term guaranteed deal as you can get without being on a long-term guaranteed deal. And hearing Jerry Jones say it and hearing Stephen Jones say it means they understand it. And it means they're jealous looking at so many of the other teams that played into the conference championships. They're going, why? Why can't we have a Joe Burrow? Why can't we have a Pat Mahomes or a Jalen Hurts? Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Again, those call and text lines are open, 757-687-9494. Some more information coming out about Brock Purdy's injury. One notable orthopedic surgeon thinks this problem is going to get a little bit worse before it gets better for the San Francisco 49ers rookie sensation. That update coming up next. Stick around right here. Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. In the meantime, uh, we started the show talking about the surprising declarative support from both Jerry and Stephen Jones, the, the leaders of the Dallas Cowboys, for Dak Prescott. 
talking about contract extensions being on the table, talking about he's going to be the quarterback for the next 10 years as the expectation. Uh, I'm not saying I didn't expect those conversations to come this offseason, but I, I thought for sure that Joneses would wait until free agency or something uh, when, when there's been a little bit more time between those two back-breaking playoff interceptions. And, hey, yeah, let's give him more money. So we need more cap cap space this year so let's let's shuffle it around and give him some more cash in the future i thought those conversations would be uh in the future ask for your response text line lit up uh it is the dream lawns text line 757-687-9494 robbie what are they saying from romo tim in the 757 he is not excited about the plan of extending Dak. he's a good quarterback maybe with mr uh throw on second and two gone it might get better he did not he obviously is not a big fan of kellen moore he thinks that mike mccarthy calling the plays may may increase things productivity wise you want to know mr throw on second and two yep you want to know how i know you're not a quarterback second and two is a passing down (laughs) if you don't get it you had two yards on third down and fourth the running game can pick it up on third and fourth Second and two is all right. Let's test them deep. We we got you got eight yards on first down. The the carrot that you're chasing is a two, second and two. Eight yards on first down means I need to warm up the cannon. Oh man, Kellen Moore's getting getting heat for throwing <laughs> on second and two. I'd get heat on every play call if I was a, a play caller. Uh, you've you've earned the right to throw it on second and two. Um, but obviously, we're kind of in favor of not committing to 10, 10 years of DAC. So we disagree on some, but we agree on some, Mr. or Mrs. Texter. What do you got? From the 757 along for the ride with the Joneses, I did the opposite. I was tired of the toxic relationship, and I got out. I can't support them for another 40-ish years. Go Jags. That's allowed, right? I need to know when you switched to the Jags. If you switched, like, halfway through this year, we got a problem. If you switched – before this year, no worries at all. I, I, this is a, a completely made up and nonsensical rule, uh, but it's one that me and my buddies have had. We, my buddy Mike is in our in our group, right? Our group of buddies, and I want to say he's had eight eight favorite teams since I met him twelve years ago, uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe fourteen years ago. Uh, but he was a he was a Bengals fan when I met him. He was a Washington fan for a while. He was a Philly fan for a while. He, w- he was a New Orleans Saints fan for a while. Uh, he's been all over the place. He was a Giants fan, I want to say, uh, for a little bit. And he like, claimed them, and he wore jerseys, and he repped them. So we made the Mike rule, which is if you're going to jump ship to another team, the only rule is they have to be in last in their division. So you can jump to any team, but you can't jump to a good team. So they have to be last in their division. Obviously... Uh, with with the the Jags having the first overall pick the last two years, if you jump to the Jags before this year, you're good to go. If you jumped when you like, oh look, Trevor Lawrence is fixed, and oh Travis Etienne is is healthy, that that's not allowed. You're just you're just jumping to one of the hot new teams. That's that's not cool. And you have to stay there for a bit. I I don't want this you know back uh, and forth every single year. You lo- can't be jumping. Shit. As long as you're jumping to the team that's last in the division, we're fine with it because. You know, if you're if you're just going from like you know new hotness to new hotness, that's not cool. But if you're jumping from terrible to worse to terrible, <laughs> we, we we can deal with that. Uh, we actually had that rule. And the thing is, there's probably like eight of us in the group that obey the rule. Seven of us have not changed our favorite team <laughs> ever, but we're all uh, you know subject to the rule. Uh, it's the Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. Uh, Brock Purdy, 
I'm not sure what to believe when it comes to, to his uh, medical situation, right? He obviously has the UCL injury, ulnar, ulnar collateral ligament, which is my kryptonite to say, and you just saw why. Ulnar collateral ligament. It's like, I don't know, there's too many uh, syllables. <laughs> um, but since the injury is broken, we've heard a lot of different opinions. And we've heard six months. We've heard uh, now up to a year or more. Uh, the most recent being a notable orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Mark Atkins, uh, is making like kind of the media rounds. He talked with Dove Kleiman. He was on the Dan Patrick show. He, he, he's been making the rounds saying that, uh, in his expert medical opinion, Brock Purdy's due for Tommy John. That is a surgery that would hold him out really nine months minimum, a year more likely. Uh, and that is harrowing for Brock Purdy. Now, I will be the first to say, I hope that really smart surgeon that focuses on that specific part of the body and is one of the premier experts uh, is really, really wrong because I don't want Brock Purdy to have to sit out a year, and, and I'm going to explain to you why in a second. Uh, but first, let's get to the other aspect of it, which is the, the San Francisco 49ers leadership group, head coach Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, uh, their GM, talked to the media and and they gave their knowledge of the situation here's kyle shanahan talking about purdy that was the coolest thing for me to hear about once three months is over they start the rehab of just building the arm back slowly and by six months it's built back and that's when i start asking questions does that mean ease them in and stuff like that like you would think of acls and things like that and they said no the build-up's been from three to six and at six months he is the same dude in full go so that was the most encouraging part that i heard Hmm. Now, I, I wish he told us who he was talking to. <laughs> I wish he told us if, if Purdy had agreed to this timeline. I wish, I wish he told us more. But so obviously he's, he's under the impression six months, which is beginning of July, which is he could start week one. John Lynch, the GM, significantly less certainty on his side of things. Here's, here's Lynch. I think he's continuing to, you know, get get some different opinions, talk to different people, which I think is smart. In an instance like this, there's a lot of smart people out there. You want to make sure you're thorough. He's continuing to go through that process. I, I think, uh, you know, the positive bit of news is that it, it seems to be consistent that the right approach is that one that, you know, takes about that six-month mark. Now, everybody will also say you never know until you get in there. Every surgeon will tell you that on every surgery. You know, you always like getting in to see exactly. The MRI tells you a, a lot of the picture. So we seem encouraged by the prognosis that, that that's kind of where it's at. Hmm. So now there's second opinions. We won't know until we get in there. Uh, Shanahan's like six months. That's what I was told. Man, three months he'll be building up. Lynch is like, it could be anything. Now, here's, here's the concern for this, right? If it ends up being that Dr. Mark Atkins is accurate and Tommy John is coming and a year of rehab is coming, there's, I think, a pretty direct path to Brock Purdy becoming the weirdest story in NFL history. Awesome story for a bit with kind of a anticlimactic ending. The last pick, this, this is, again, if we take Dr. Mark Atkins' path. Last pick in the draft starts the season as the third-string quarterback to a number th- uh, 
three overall pick. Had to make sure I get my picks right. To a number three overall pick who was backed up by a Super Bowl-appearing quarterback. And then there's the last pick in the draft. The last pick in the draft gets forced into action by injuries. Lights up the league for nine games. Goes undefeated. One of the most efficient passers in the league. Gets hurt on the first drive of the NFC Championship game. Comes back into the game even though he can't throw. The, the mic'd up audio was released earlier today. George Kittle, one of the highest paid, most talented tight ends in the league, is asking Brock Purdy if he can throw left-handed, seeing if he's ambidextrous because they, they, were, they had no other options. That's happening. And now, if the, the year-long Tommy John is correct, he might disappear into the ether again. And it could be like seven years from now, and we're going, did that, even, did that really happen? Was there really a two-and-a-half-month stretch where Brock Purdy was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL? What happened to that guy? Because think about this. If he misses a year, he might not even get a shot again. Trey Lance takes back over, obviously. If he plays well, which... According to everybody in the world, every quarterback will play well with Kyle Shanahan and that that supporting cast now that Christian McCaffrey is there. Trey Lance takes back over. If he plays well, Purdy will return finally healthy at the beginning of 2024. He'll be a dirt cheap backup for the Niners because they'll have Trey Lance as the starter. And why wouldn't you be open to paying a seventh-round pick to be a backup? Purdy will have two more years on his contract. So 2024 and 2025, he'll be a dirt cheap backup. So the next time he would hit the market and even have a chance to go compete for a job would be 2026, right, after the 2025 season, that offseason. And he'd be going into his age 27 season, and he would not have played in the NFL in three years since that magical nine-week stretch back in 2022 into 2023. Life comes at you fast. Brock Purdy could go from the coolest story to like a 30 for 30. And actually, when, the, when Brock Purdy was playing really well, we had a whole bunch of texters call in and say, it's a 30 for Purdy, which <laughs> it's, it's almost too accurate. So now the, the worst part, of he's getting all these second and third and fourth opinions from doctors. All any of us can do, and even Purdy, is just cross your fingers and hope that enough of them unite in unison to say, yeah, I think we can get it done with this six-month time frame. And then just go with that and hope that it works out. But, man, it would stink if he never gets a shot again. Although that is, I guess, life's tough, get a helmet, right? It's a cold world, no blankets. But that, that would not be fair, to, fair to, to Purdy at all. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Uh, we are live from Chartway Arena, home of the ODU Monarchs. They're taking on the men's basketball team. James Madison here tonight, sure to be rocking with the rivalry. When we come back, we're going to get rocking with Top Dog or Total Dud, one of our favorite games coming up. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It's Top Dog or Total Dud. Man, Top Dog, big cheese, a head on show. That's not good enough. On the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. 
It's time for Top Dog or Total Dud. This is the game we play every Thursday. Robbie throws everything he can at me, predictions and the like, and I tell him whether it is Top Dog or Total Dud. You'll catch on. Robbie, take it away. Tim, yesterday, I don't know if you heard, Tom Brady retired again. So I got a question. I got really a statement. Aaron Rodgers' ego will not let him retire because he wouldn't want to share a Hall of Fame class with Tom Brady. Uh, I don't think that's why. I think he wants to to continue playing. If his ego might be the reason he keeps playing, but I don't think it has anything to do with the Hall of Fame. So total dud. But I will add this. Um, there are already disrespectful things happening surrounding that Hall of Fame class. Um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the reporter. Uh, and then uh, a reporter that covers the NFL nationally but also has done some work covering Tampa specifically uh, tweeted out, and the 2028 Hall of Fame class officially has its first member talking about Tom Brady. So no J.J. Watt? As if J.J. Watt doesn't exist. J.J. Watt is, is a first ballot inner circle Hall of Famer. He, he does not need to be an also-ran. It's good. I mean, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Don't get me wrong. And he is also first ballot, inner circle, top of the top Hall of Famer. But he wasn't the first to retire, so he can't be the first member. It's – it's and uh, – <laughs> I mean, it's – it's an order of operations thing. <laughs> he retired first. He's the first member. Uh, by the way, for those, that's the, the speeches. Whoever else is in the class, I think you go J.J. Watt first speech because his energy, he'll be personable. It'll be a great speech. Tom Brady last speech because he'll be the closer. That's how I would do it. The riffraff can be in the middle, like coaches and GMs or whatever. I like it. Tom Brady will be a part of the Fox broadcast this year for the Super Bowl. I'm going to I'm gonna go total dud. I think he should be. I think that's a massive opportunity for the, for Fox. I think it's a massive opportunity for him. But, I mean, we don't know how – like, he doesn't know how good he's going to be. And I just don't see Brady agreeing to be like, yeah, let me put my, my preseason scrimmage <laughs> of broadcasting on the day that everybody is watching. I think he's going to want his kind of, you know, debut to be – if not a preseason game, like you know, Colts against the Titans in week one of next year. You know, he's going to want to ease into it because, you know, if, if you make a fool out of yourself during the Super Bowl, no one's ever going to forget that. Fox is going to be going, how can we get out of this $375 million deal? So I think he's smart enough to say next year. But I wonder if they would still have to pay him like $37.5 million if he did something this year like would that start the clock right i I would assume i'd assume there'd be some extra but not 37 and a half lebron james inching closer to kareem's scoring record correct 89 i believe is the number i believe you're right lebron james will beat will break kareem's record against kareem's former team the milwaukee bucks Mm, i did see that's one of the two most likely it's the two home games uh you know i'm gonna go off the beam i'm gonna say total dud because I think there's four games coming up, and it's most likely to be broken in game three or game four. They're both home games in L.A. One of them is against the Bucks. I forget who the other is against. But game five is at the Warriors. And tell me it wouldn't be LeBron-like to score, like, 88 points <laughs> over the next four games. Uh, lower his, his – like he, or maybe even sit out one. 
uh, like he did. To he is questionable for tonight's like, game. Well, he set out uh, the game in, in Brooklyn. He did. To be fresh for the game at MSG. How much do you think he wants to score that right in front of Steph Curry and Draymond and, and all, all of those uh, all those guys that he's had a little battle with in the past? And just remind them, like, sure, when you were all together, you may have won more championships than I did when I was on the Cavs and we were there every year. But I am also the greatest scorer to ever live. As many threes as you've hit, you don't do it like I do. Jimmy G will end up with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, total dud. I'm going. I'm very, very difficult to please today. Um, we're going to talk about this later, but Aaron Rodgers goes to the Raiders. Who says no? Jimmy G, I think, can end up in a few different places, uh, and we're going to talk about his, his options as well. Um, I think he's almost replaced Baker Mayfield as the middle line, where if you have a bad quarterback, you think Jimmy G is better than your guy. If you have a good quarterback, you think Jimmy G is unnecessary. And if you have Jimmy G... You have no clue if you should be extending him or not or paying him or not. Uh, but but I also think Devontae Adams has been really active on social media hinting he wants Aaron Rodgers. And I think it works. I think it happens. I think Josh McDaniels knows his job's on the line, and, and who would you rather have with the ball in their hands with your job on the line, Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy G? I think most of us would say Aaron Rodgers. A lot of talk about Sean Payton going to the Broncos as their next head coach. So, Tim, the Denver Broncos will not make the playoffs next year. Top dog. I, their division is too difficult. The Chiefs aren't going anywhere for a long time. The Chargers with Kellen Moore intrigue me all, all tall get out. And if the Raiders get Aaron Rodgers, then that, that's another <laughs> one. Uh, we're, we're just we're just placing things now. Um, I, that division is really tough. The Broncos looked really bad, and and I'm not sure Sean Payton comes in and sprinkles his. Uh, you know, magical offensive pixie dust, and it is it's solved in six months. It, he might solve it, but I think it's going to take years, if if not longer. So, um, I'm I'm, I'm going to go. I don't think the Broncos make the playoffs next year. Trevor Bauer will never pitch in Major League Baseball again. Top dog, <laughs> and I understand that court case is getting more and more complicated, and, and there's there's nuances in every direction there. Um, I actually think. A, some of his statistics that make him elite, some of the advanced statistics say aren't all there, so I'm not sure, like, the market money and his actual value align. Uh, and secondly, he's a tough guy to get along with anyway. I mean, there's, going back to his college days, he's a college teammate with, I believe, Garrett Cole, and they, like, hate each other. Uh, I'm not sure you bring that guy into your locker room knowing that his personality has rubbed some teammates the wrong way in the past. And then also on top of that, there's there's the off-the-field drama. So, I, you know, I think you can get it done without him. Tim Lamar Jackson will refuse to play on a franchise tag. Total bud. I think he will play unless he is anything less than 100% healthy. Um, I think what this year proved is I'm going to play when I feel great, and if there's something that, that is off, I'm, I'm going to sit out. And, you know, that's his complete – like how much you play through injuries is completely your, your, your right. I do want to point this out, though. If you look at the Super Bowl, right, if you look at the Super Bowl, both of those quarterbacks have at times fought through very, very difficult injuries, right? Jalen Hurts with the shoulder, Patrick Mahomes with the ankle. They've, they've gone out there and, and laid it all out on the line. 
Now you may say, well, yeah, those those teams are very much more committed to them. Jalen Hurts doesn't have the long-term extension, but he hasn't been eligible yet. And all reports say this offseason he's about to get paid, and, and Mahomes already has. So if the Ravens want to win, they need to get on the same page with Lamar on that. If you get a little nicked and bruised and banged up, you're going to have to play through that because you're that valuable to our team. And when I say if they want to win, I don't mean like, be a winning team i don't mean like make the playoffs i mean like if you want to win a super bowl you're going to need your quarterback to make sure his availability is the most important thing to him so i'd get that contract buttoned up as soon as i can as long term and as, as high priced as it needs to be they do have another pro bowl quarterback on their roster very true i mean leverage right we don't need you we have tyler huntley <laughs> and his five career touchdown passes speaking of the pro bowl the pro bowl should be moved until after the super bowl Pro Bowl should be done away with. What? So, total dud. Uh, I said this yesterday for the first time. If it's Tyler Huntley and Derek Carr in the precision pocket passer accuracy challenge, what are we doing here? What I mean, what are we doing here? Um, I also don't like. First of all, uh, this is a side tangent. The Pro Bowl balloon toss is not a true balloon toss. I was looking up the rules because of something we're doing later in the show. So they're doing the water balloon toss. Now, every one of us at some point, whether it was at school, at field day, summer camp, day camp, with the family, whatever, has done a balloon toss. The, 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 it's very simple. There's two lines of people. <laughs> you throw the balloon caught. You throw the balloon back. If it's caught, everybody takes one step back. You throw the balloon. If it's caught, you throw it back. It's caught. If everyone caught it, you go one step back. And if someone pops the balloon or drops the balloon, you're out. And you keep going back and back and back until there's one group left standing. That's not how they're doing it at the Pro Bowl. At the Pro Bowl, it's if you get to a certain point, everybody that's still going advances to the next round and gets to go catch punts. No. I want to see who's going to win the water balloon toss. Imagine if we did tug of war and they were just like, if if it's you pull hard enough, everybody gets to go to the next round. No, if you do tug of war and one side gets it, you get it until everybody falls over, the thing goes across the line. It's how do you mess up the water balloon? They're gonna do the egg race only, right? Egg on the spoon. Now this isn't actually happening, but this is what it's like happening. The egg on the spoon only you can use your other hand to hold the egg <laughs> and just run. Like it's taken away the the whole thing. Three-legged race, only you don't have to have your legs tied together. They would never do the egg race. The price of eggs are way too expensive. <laughs> that is <laughs> good point. Uh, it's going to be a sack race, but the sack isn't going to be closed on one end. You're just going <laughs> to wear it like like a skirt. So what, That's the dumbest thing ever. That's it. We're done with Top Dog. <laughs> Pro Bowl's upsetting me. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. That is the football we have. It's actually tonight. A lot of the, the, those events are tonight. Uh, and then the, the flag football's on Sunday, so... Those are the events we have to look forward to on our off week between the, uh, the Super Bowl <laughs> and the Pro Bowl. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask Amber Wilson about this. Uh, Joe and Amber, weekdays 7 to 9 right here on 94.1, part of ESPN Radio Programming. The, the Amber in Joe and Amber is Amber Wilson, and uh, she's going to jump on the phone, joins us after this. So stick around. We talk with Amber Wilson coming up next right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. If it is happening in sports, 
It is happening right here on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Connecting with us now on the phone lines is Amber Wilson. You recognize her from Joe and Amber weekdays 7 to 9 on ESPN Radio, including right here on 94.1. You can follow her on Twitter at Amber W Sports. Amber, thank you for for jumping on with us. Uh, you know, it's 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 obvious what everyone's talking about. Tom Brady, right now that he's completed his his kind of you know full resume entry, where is he on the all time greatest team sport athletes list for you? I know you have a lot of history down there in Miami, and uh, he he tormented that area for a while. So I'm interested to get your insight. He did torment us for a very, very long time. <laughs> I certainly don't miss him being in that division at all. A strange thing happened to me with Tom Brady because, of course, I hated Tom Brady right, for <laughs> 20 years. And then he went to Tampa. And, frankly, I think a lot of people were like me, even if he wasn't playing you inside your division, where we just got – we get tired of the greatness, right, Tim, where we don't appreciate it enough at the time. I think one of the best things – that Tom did, though, was go to Tampa. Because Tampa Tom, for whatever reason, and maybe it was a separation from Bill Belichick, Tampa Tom all of a sudden became much more lovable. And I feel like we got to see his personality. We got to see him out there throwing the Lombardi trophy from boat to boat. And I started finding myself liking Tom Brady. Now, originally, I'm from the Tampa area, even though I'm not a Bucks fan. But I found myself actually appreciating the greatness while it was happening. And I'm glad I got that at the end of his career. I mean, there's nobody better, obviously, in the NFL to have ever done it. I tried to make a crazy argument on the radio yesterday just for the sake of making crazy arguments that he's not the greatest because it took him 23 years. And anybody could do seven Super Bowls in 23 years, right? Joe Montana just didn't have the time because his body broke down on him. But the truth is, Tom Brady is absolutely the greatest. No player in NFL history has even gone to more than five Super Bowls. He's even played in more than five. At any position, he's won seven. He's right at the top of any list for any athlete in any sport. Is the NFL ready to fill a Tom Brady-sized hole in, in the the face of the league, whether it be the new elder statesman and Rodgers, maybe a Mahomes, a Burrow? Is the, the league healthy enough to not miss Tom Brady now that he's gone? I think so. And I think Tom Brady probably recognizes that a little bit, and it's probably hard to swallow. But the truth is, there's already been the changing of the guard. I mean, I think if you asked people who's the best player in the league at the quarterback position, their answer would not be Tom Brady, even though he's the greatest of all time. Their answer would be most likely Patrick Mahomes, maybe Joe Burrow, maybe to a lesser extent Josh Allen. Those are the three guys, I think, that have really taken over the helm in terms of the face of the NFL. I think Aaron Rodgers, even though we're not far removed from back-to-back MVP seasons, I think, frankly, he's more of that Tom Brady generation where it's we're in a different space now with it, right? We're, now we're kind of moved on to the young guys. The way that Patrick Mahomes has started his career, I mean, it's the best start at that position in NFL history. Obviously, Tom Brady didn't get that opportunity because he wasn't starting out of the gate. But I do think that those guys have done a phenomenal job in sort of this next generation of quarterbacks taking over the helm. And I would imagine that there's going to be a couple more games or a couple more names rather thrown into that mix over the next few years. Maybe a Justin Herbert, maybe a Trevor Lawrence. I think the NFL will be just fine. Amber Wilson connecting with us here on the phone lines. Joe and Amber weekday 7 to 9 on ESPN Radio, and that includes right here on 94.1. Uh, Amber, uh, again, your connections to Miami jumped out at me because you listed a lot of young quarterbacks and Tua wasn't one of them. Should the, uh, should the Dolphins be comfortable moving forward with, with him as the face of their franchise? 
I wish I could have said Tua. I really, really, really <laughs> do. I mean, Tua obviously Tim played phenomenally when he was out there playing and also healthy. But it's that whole and also healthy part that is the problem when it comes to Tua Tungavaloa. I think where we're at, if you're the Miami Dolphins, and they keep saying they are going to move forward with him, and, and listen, who knows? I mean, that's that's what they're saying. I mean, could they, you know, could an Aaron Rodgers end up being available on a trademark? I don't know. I, you know, could Jimmy Garoppolo on an open market be available? He obviously has a relationship with Mike McDaniel. I don't love that, though, either from a durability perspective. I think what you do if you're the Dolphins is that you do move forward with Tua because he did earn that while he was healthy this season, but also the durability is a real, real concern. So first and foremost, you need a viable backup. Teddy Bridgewater has his own durability concerns. You cannot have the entire quarterback room hurt at the same time every single time Tua goes down. So you need a better backup if you're going to move forward with Tua. And then I don't think you extend him. You know, I think out of that same draft, I think we're about to see Joe Burrow get extended in the offseason. I think we're about to see Justin Herbert get extended in the offseason. You don't have to, though, right? So don't extend Tua yet. Let him play a four season. Maybe pick up his fifth-year option. Fully evaluate him here over the next couple seasons and decide if these durability issues continue to be a problem then you're going to have to move on, unfortunately, from him if you're the Miami Dolphins. Well, we did learn that the Dolphins, they're not afraid to have behind closed doors conversations with, with quarterbacks and coaches. So maybe there is some stuff going on there. Um, <laughs> apparently not, right? I caught some draft picks there, but uh, yeah, those, those conversations apparently happen. Uh, you, you bring up Burrow and, and Herbert's new contract. How outrageous are, are you letting those conversations get if you are Cincinnati or, or the Chargers? Pretty outrageous. Uh, I also wonder how it's going to affect the situation in Baltimore. I think that you're letting them get pretty outrageous. But I think what we're seeing from the Ravens right now with Lamar Jackson, there is this resistance, I believe, from NFL ownership outside of Cleveland because that was a very unusual situation with Deshaun Watson. Outside of Cleveland, I think there's a resistance to make Deshaun Watson the norm in terms of the guaranteed money. And that seems to be rumored. I mean, we don't have much information on what happens with Lamar Jackson since he doesn't have an agent and he represents himself. But that seems to be a sticking point in those negotiations. And I just wonder what that's going to look like with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. I think the money is going to be astronomical, but I'm not sure I believe the guarantee is going to be astronomical like we saw with Deshaun Watson. I still believe that's going to be the outlier in the NFL. Amber Wilson of Joe and Amber, follow her on Twitter at Amber W Sports. Uh, Amber, did the Broncos overpay for for Sean Payton in the trade? Well, <laughs> yes, uh, but perfect. We're about to find out whether it was worth. I mean, yes, I, I you know I think that they're about to make Sean Payton highest paid coach in NFL history. You gave up what three first and three second rounders plus a whole bunch more for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton collectively. Certainly, it's going to look like a very hefty price tag. And I think it will be because of the desperation, the unusual situation, and in terms of the actual money. I mean, we're talking Walmart money behind it. So I think it's going to look different than we see it look anywhere else in the NFL. If they end up winning a Super Bowl eventually with them, then I guess you could argue that it's worth it. So, yes, I think it can be both. I think you can overpay a guy and also be pretty happy that you overpaid him. Uh, last question for you. Appreciate you for taking the time. Uh, the I don't even know if we still call it the Pro Bowl. Uh, the the summer camp activities for Pro Bowlers are coming up th- this weekend. Are are you going to be watching? And what are you looking forward to if you are? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, tonight is all the skills challenge mm-hmm. craziness that they have. I don't even have this late in front of me, but they're doing all sorts of 
you know, insane fun stuff with like water balloons and everything else and drone targets and all sorts of stuff. I think that sounds really, really fun. That's on ESPN tonight, 7 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. We don't have a show tonight on Joe and Amber because of the Pro Bowl. We'll be back on air tomorrow night, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday after that. But I do think that that sounds like a lot of fun, frankly. You're jazzing it up. you got to do something different here, Tim. None of these athletes want to play in any of these all-star-like games <laughs> anymore. And so you might as well make it fun. Like, let's just get crazy. Let's make it Little League out there and make it fun. On Sunday, you get the flag football game with Eli Manning and Peyton Manning as the coaches of the NFC and the ASC. I think it's all well and good, and it's all in the name of fun. I think you got to do something to engage these guys. We're seeing Josh Allen play golf. Instead of participating in a Pro Bowl, these guys get bored with these sorts of things, but maybe making it a lot more fun and more of a party weekend will ultimately attract them back. Amber, we appreciate you. We'll look for you, as you just mentioned, not not tonight, but in the future, every weekday, 7 to 9, uh, right here on 94.1. We appreciate it. Thanks, Tim.